You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live Portraits, featuring intimate, in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood stars and influencers. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live Portraits, Dario Kristen. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're watching Black Hollywood Live Portraits. I'm your host, Daryl Kristen, and here joining me today is the beautiful Courtney Stewart. What's up, everybody? Happy birthday, Courtney. Thank you, thank you. Or belated birthday. Belated birthday, birthday. It was yesterday. It's all good. But we have a very special guest today. You know him on many things, many projects. He also is starring in a hot new movie coming out May 22nd, Chocolate City. Yes. Robert Richard is with us today. Yeah, what's How going you doing? on? Hey, world. How y'all doing? Hey, everybody at home. Miss y'all. Love y'all. <laughs> Kisses. Besos. Welcome, welcome. Well, how's it man. going? It's good to be here. Thank you guys Good. so much for having me. Thank you. No, for thank you. We don't have no cake for this lady right here. I know. You know, no. we're going to do it after. Yeah, I ate way too I much see. yesterday. I probably champagne. Don't no, we brought the champagne. Hey, champagne. We cheers. Champagne. Cheers. 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 Champagne. Thank, thank you. So, man, your movie is getting a lot of buzz. I know you're excited about that. Have you, have you been getting a lot of requests for your shirt to be taken off? You know, that's probably never going to end at this point. I no, think so. It's so, not. So, I, I realize is this. I've done a lot of sports projects, right? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times in sports, athletes take off their shirts. Yes. So I have like a library. All of my movies, there's probably some scene that I have my shirt off. So I feel like I'm just consistent at this point. Okay. Right. Right. right? We're not there mad you go. At that. That's a good. That, I'm not mad, mad at that. that. So, uh, somebody was really funny. They made like a YouTube video of one on one. Where I play Arnez? Yeah. And out of 113 episodes, 87 of them I had my shirt off in. Yes. Wow. So they made like a collage of like all the that episodes. Was, that's just, funny. So there the you go. They would definitely be popping up. There you go. There yes. you go. Sure. They're mm-hmm. popping up right now. Mm-hmm. Now you are an LA native. That's right. Born and raised. Born and raised. That's right. Shout out to LA. Shout out to LA. You Wouldn't be LA without Mexicans. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Black love, brown, brown. Black love, brown, brown, baby. Brown is brown. And now you had started at a very young age in the entertainment business. You were like 13. Yeah. Age. Yeah. For what sure. was it that attracted you to the business? Did you come from a family of performers? No, nah, man, I was just a badass kid, man, straight up. Man, I was in gang life. I grew up like Crenshaw Slauson, so I was definitely, you know, getting in trouble. Uh, gang life. And I was actually avoiding some um, a fight with some BPS and dipped into a building, and the building just happened to be an acting school. And I was just in there just stalling, just like wow. asking people questions, like, oh, what do you guys do here? Can I get an application? Right, spend 45 minutes in there, just avoid getting triple team in the fight. And, you know, the rest is history. And wow. then, who were some of the people that you looked up to, and maybe you wanted to amplify your career as when you were kind of? Ah, I got my four. I got my four. Number Uh-oh. one, DW. Shout out Denzel, Denzel Washington. Yes. Shout out to DW. Um, Daniel Day Lewis too. He's Daniel's a man. Dope. He just commits to everything Amazing. like over the top. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's like everything he does. Everyone's like, well, he's gonna win the Academy Award. So I like him. And then my two other ones, uh, Leo. I, I'm a fuck with Leo, that's my boy. <laughs> and Jamie Foxx, man. Jamie Foxx is my dude, man. When you look back on it, I feel like Jamie Foxx might be one of the most rewarded entertainers of all time, right? Because he's done everything. You know him as a backup dancer. You know him from In Living Color, doing True. comedy. He has his own TV show. He does albums, records, recording. He does movies, wins yeah. Academy Awards. Yeah. Right, there's comedies and dramas. He's playing Mike Tyson now. You hear about this? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see that movie. <laughs> no, it's going to be huge. Wait. Right, absolutely. I want them to run Mike Tyson trailer doing Chocolate City. Yes. <laughs> and, and they probably will. That would be great. Right, that's awesome. Two for one. And then when you started off in the business, you were on shows such as Hang With Mr. Cooper, yeah. Where I Live, yeah. uh, Nash Bridges. 
Yeah. I mean, what was it like for you to be young on a set like that with all those veteran actors? You know what's funny? Like, um, I always kind of like, my dad always taught me, like, you go to work and you treat yourself like a horse with a high standard. So ever since I ever got in the business, I always went to work like, I'm going to kill it today. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I look at, like, other people who I admire, like, in sports and stuff like that, like, I think Tom Brady's amazing. Right? And, like, Tom Brady is the athlete who's going to throw you five touchdowns in the snow in December when they're down by, like, 35 and come back and whoop your ass. Yeah, absolutely. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I go to work like that every single day. Like, today I'm throwing five touchdowns in one quarter today. I feel that. Mm-hmm. That's how I approach my job. But, you know, the thing about it, I think, is, is that everyone in America is such hardworking people. And I never want to be sitting across the desk from a mom from a, a, a nurse, a firefighter, and have them think, like, that they work harder at their job than I do at mine. Yeah. Right? We do something different, and I have a, all the respect. I take my hat off to you. But I'm a hardworking American just like everybody else. Amen. Yeah, and I think a lot of times people see acting on television and it gets a bad rap because they think that, oh, it's just you have to be good looking and, you you know, it's an easy <laughs> job. They don't understand how much it's a lot craft. of those people have taken. Yeah. It's not an overnight success. They've taken 10 years. What is it, 10 years to be an overnight success? That's yeah, they so they say 10 years or 10,000 hours, something like something that. Right? Like that yeah. What people don't understand is, like, the red carpet looks real nice. But there's a lot of work that a gets lot, you to the red yeah, carpet. Yeah. There you go. All right, so going back a little bit to, so there was, you go, you duck into this acting school, you mm-hmm. find out, like, what's going on there, then you are booking TV shows. What was in between there? How, did you just start taking classes? Did your mom sort of be like, hey, you know what, you are actually pretty good at, like, what was that? So, like? I started in theater training, right, and there was a local school called Faith Acting Studios, right there, like, <laughs> off Crenshaw and Stalker, <laughs> and um, they taught us uh, improvisation, right, uh, cold reading, and scene study. So those are really the things that really developed my skill set. And like they have like the different levels in the school. I kind of went up pretty fast. Like from the first class that I took, I was probably already like in the super advanced class by like, you know, the end of the first like semester or whatever. So um, I really, really trained really hard in theater. And then that converted to like getting an agent. An agent came like our play and was like, you're really good. Do you want to go out? And that was in December of 95. And then I started booking immediately January 96. I booked Hanging Mr. Wow. Cooper. And then I booked uh, Shaquille O'Neal had a sports drama called um, Sports Theater that Brian Robbins directed and won a um, DJ award for. <laughs> so then he did another one with me. Then won another DJ award for the baseball one. And then did another one with me. We did Cousin Skeeter. And then he did Coach Carter. So like the same producer, like oh, Brian, Brian and Mike Toller were the guys who did, like, our list back in the day, yeah. did, like, all that, did all those shows, did all Nick Cannon stuff, whatever. And they were the guys that really kind of, like, propelled, you know, gave me a chance, gave me a shot, and propelled my career. And did you understand when you were on uh, Cousin Skeeter how important that was, really, for even African-Americans, young kids, to see a lead like yourself who was young? You know what's funny? Like, I never even realized that, like, everybody saw that show. Right, like whether it was like our culture, which is definitely empowered to have a married couple, right, mm-hmm. a husband yeah. and a wife that are married that are looking for their son to grow, you know, his personality, and then having like the wild, you know, crazy my cousin Skeeter there. But I'm looking back, I'm like, wow, that really shaped a lot of our childhood, Absolutely. and I love that I was a part of that show. Yeah. And that's something that, like, you know, down the line, I want to do another kid's show or maybe one day I'll play, like, the dad or, like, me, like, Skeeter come back, that kind of thing. Just because it was good principles for young kids to be learning, you know, at, at that time. Now, you said you were also sort of, I mean, 
up to no good, basically, yeah. in the streets. Once you started acting, how did that sort of influence, like, friends around you, going to school? How was that? Uh, you know, I, luckily, I'm born and raised in L.A., and I've pretty much been the same guy my whole life. So all my friends are, like, my friends from preschool. Like, n- nothing ever really changed, but I was still the bad kid getting in trouble. And then one day, my dad just sat me down and said, listen, you can't have a temper anymore, and you got to understand that, like, you have way more to lose right now than you can imagine. So, yeah. like, you know, just kind of adjust, you know, what you're doing. So I think it's all, probably a lot of reason why people don't see me out, like, in our circles anymore, just yeah. because I still have that temper and I want to manage that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, like, don't, like, put the meat in front of the tiger, that type of thing. You, you know? don't want to Chris Brown anybody. I get it. That's I right. It. Chris is my boy. Man. What up? Shout out to Steve Breezy. Shout out, Chris. What's up? What's up? What's up, Stud? And then, uh, so you you were working a lot. I mean, you were, you know, Cousin Skeeter was big, and you were working with Megan Good and Bill yeah. Bellamy. How was it working with them? I love Megan. Megan and I, uh, she directed um, Eric Bellinger's video, yep. Our First Lady, and yep. uh, shout out to Lamaya and Megan. And E, what's up, E? Uh, <laughs> love you guys. Love you guys so much. But I had the biggest crush on Megan, and I still do. She's a, such an upstanding she's woman. She's gorgeous. Yeah. She's really smart, and she does good work consistently. So I was I was fortunate just to be around the right people. Uh, I knew crew Christina Milian was part of our yeah. little crew and all that stuff when I was younger. So that was really really good. Um, but but yeah, no, I sort of always been the same sort of Rob like my whole life, and I haven't really changed to be honest. Um, but at the time that I was doing all the entertainment stuff, I was still like a nerd. Right, so like it's hard for me to believe it. Really no, like, straight what? up. What, what, straight what is your up. definition of a nerd? Straight, what does straight maybe up. Different yeah, what, yeah. yeah, maybe it's different in LA. Yeah. Definition of LA nerd, nerd is if you go to nerd camp, and I okay. went <laughs> to multiple nerd camps, like with like Asian kids and like you know freaking kids from like India and stuff, and we literally we go like do an entire college semester in like three weeks. Okay, but that's still. I don't know. That's a, yeah. That's a different definition of nerd. Oh, I mean, that's like sp- smart. You're just nah, you're just smart. You're just, that's nerdy. You were that's smart. nerdy. No, because like bad kids have super soakers. But you and were but you were doing that, and you were on television and acting. But I never, so you were like the cool kid. Right. You know what though? I never also, I never realized that I was on set like that. I was acting because I just went to work and did my job. It was like 400 people at the office, right? I called the office, right? With on set, 400 people there, and everyone's just doing their work, and I'm doing my work. And a typical day on set is about. 12 to 16 hours. Right. But when I was young, the government says that a kid can't work more than 10 hours. Right. Yeah. So we had to condense all that time into being able to accomplish everything in 10 hours. So I get to work. Within the first five minutes, I was on set. Like, right? They'd have my, they'd be like, Rob, jump into your clothes. I used to learn how to jump into my clothes with my pants every <laughs> two legs at a time. Didn't do much hair and makeup. And just went right to set. And me and Megan would just go kill it and do everything first take. So like all of Cousin Skeeter is predominantly like first take stuff. Wow. Wow. So, uh, and then I just never realized it because I never watched what I did. I never watched anything I've done my whole career. So I just never really kind of like added up to me. And you mentioned you were you, what you call as a nerd, which we don't, I don't think we can qualify you as that quite yet. But okay. with that, <laughs> with that, did you think that that changed you as far as like, because you were getting all this attention, it kind of kept you humble outside of what your parents were obviously teaching no. you, but did that help you out? I don't think so. Just because I was friends with bad kids and we always got in fights. You know, like, it's like having, like, big brothers, like, just like, you know, that's a silly backpack. We're going to whoop you up. But I'm so happy that that happened because I got tougher and got stronger and just dealing with even the emotional side of this business. Like, I'm iron tough, you know? Yeah. So 
Um, I'm, I look, I, everything happens for a reason, and I'm glad that's part of like my background. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Stay out of trouble, kids. Stay out of trouble. That's the trouble. message right there. there. <laughs> and then you moved on to one on one. Yeah. And you work with Flex and Kyla Pratt. Yeah. We've had Kyla in, in the studio. We love her. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love Kyla. What was one of your fondest memories from that show? I mean, that show lasted for five years. I mean, it was it was another one. It was <laughs> and we it, loved it was very it. influential in the African American culture, not just African American. Right. It was general. Public a single show. dad, a, a single dad proud single dad, you know, doing everything he can for his daughter and still trying to climb in the, you know, corporate world. It's a great show to be a part of. I think my best memory for 101 is the first episode. And that's because um, I wasn't good at comedy. And on Skeeter, like all the stuff that in the past, I played the straight man. So I wasn't reliant on doing the comedy part. But um, Yonetta Boone was the producer on the show, and I love Yonetta. Hi, Yonetta. <laughs> and uh, she did My Wife and Kids. She was a writer, and she got her own show, which was one-on-one. And she said, Rob's going to be Arnes. I go to the first audition, and I can't do any of the jokes. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to bet the farm on Rob and had to convince all of UPN and all the networks at Paramount, I know you think he's not funny. Come tape time. He's going to rise to the occasion. Wow. Oh so my. I That's get hired, change. we work the whole week, and I get none of the jokes. The table read, I don't have any of the jokes successful. The whole rehearsal problem, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then the first Thursday, we had the live studio audience. And Chip Fields, right, mm-hmm. she goes, just say the line and don't act. I said, okay. <laughs> like, All right. Like, right? That's pressure. I and, do that. And I never, and so everyone's watching. There's like crickets. It's the very first take. And I say this one line, and the whole audience falls out. And my cast, Kyla broke character, Flex broke character, Dwayne. And it was like, he made it. He crossed the line. And that's like my first successful joke in all of entertainment. So that's like the most important. So that kind of like set the tone. That's yeah, a great story. that's like my first, that's the most important memory I have. Like they all fall out. I was like, from there on, I learned how to be funny from that, from that point on. Just say the line. Don't, don't try it. Because <laughs> 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 <it in>, <laughs> you don't want the crickets when you deliver. That oh line. man, oh, it's, it it hurts. You know, it's a it's a lot of pressure. There's like mm-hmm. this, I have like forty bosses on one on one. Yeah. All right. So it's coming out like, at every single angle, and like my bosses were like the head of CW, like the head of Paramount. You know what I mean? Like real powerful people. And to know that they can cut anybody by the yeah. wayside, I just thank God and thank you, Netta, for having faith in me, saying, listen, I believe in this kid, so I'm going to let him stay on, and he's going to rise to the occasion. Was it just her belief in you? What was it that kept you from breaking before you got to set that yeah. first day? I just said I was trying. I mean, you can't, I can't do any better. Mm-hmm. I'm putting in 150%, 200%, and I just didn't get how comedy worked. And it's really just timing. Like, I just learned how to, like, the first time it was just luck. But once I got that one lucky moment, like, I knew what it was. And then now I'm, you know, okay at comedy. I wouldn't say I'm the best, but. Do you prefer comedy over drama, or you? Oh, I love both, actually. Because the ones, I like. You get hyped. Listen, listen, listen. (laughs) I prefer anything that's a challenge, right? (laughs) So, if you tell me that I can't do something, oh, I'm, right now I play, I play, um, uh, I'm in a movie about Buddy Bolden, who's an African-American in the 1900s, like late 1890s, who invented jazz music. He, one person invented all of modern-day pop music. Wow. Like, everything's a derivative of jazz, and this one guy named mm-hmm. Buddy Bolden was a cornet king. He's in New Orleans, and he's like R. Kelly, like, 100 years ago. Like, beating up yeah. people, messing with girls, pissing on people, I, drunk, I was, I was saying, schizophrenic, going like, to jail. I was like, how much of R. Kelly is he like? He's the original. <laughs> okay. I was, I, was, I was getting a little nervous. History repeats itself. Uh, but, but, shout out to R. Kelly. 
we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. You make great music. But yeah, this guy makes great music. And so I play a French clarinet player in an orchestra who's like better than everyone in his band because I'm like classically trained. Mm-hmm. Some people play piano, so I play clarinet. So they made me learn how to play every single song. And I never played clarinet before. Okay. And like on set, I'm playing on my own songs. Like right. flawlessly. I'm like, if you tell me I can't do it, I'm going to do it. So now you're going to have a band and, and okay. make an album after this. And it's going to be all clarinet and jazz. A- and ab- absolutely, right? All jazz, right. hip-hop. We called right? it first here on Black Hollywood Live. Just remember that where you need to come and debut your single when you do it. Sounds good. <laughs> on, the say. on the beat. Now, you've been in this industry for a long time. and You've probably seen a lot of changes um, as as things have really shifted in Hollywood. Right now seems to be a time period where African Americans are really in and programming is starting to really build up. I love what's your, that. What's your viewpoint on that? Is it usually I love here it. to stay or do you think that it's something that is a trend that's right now because it's popular? Yo, Kendrick Lamar said it best. He says, listen, he says, I don't care what stigmas you have about me or my culture. I support my culture, right? Watch BET, you know, watch Viola Davis on her show. Like, watch all the shows that feature us so they know, listen, we're putting our dollars behind our culture. And that's what's going to be the catalyst to make sure that we stay on air and stay relevant. I mean, everybody watched Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan filled up the seats, right? And that goes for, you know, tons of athletes. Magic Johnson, Bo Jackson. Like, just go and put asses in seats. Shout out to Chocolate City, May 22nd. <laughs> go see the movie and video on demand. I feel like we're going to have to roll like, worry about that. At, the, at the end of this program. It's going to be like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Right. 113, the sentence is 87 shout out. Consistent. Consistent. Shout out to consistency. What? <laughs> okay, but so you've actually been work actually. What language is that? Are you okay. British now? I don't know. Actually, um, actually, so you've actually been in the business at a time in the '90s when it was actually um, pretty popular to yeah. have some black sitcoms and shows. Yeah. Like it wasn't. We we had so we far had TGIF. Between. We had everything. Exactly, we had everything, and then it sort of went away. Yeah. What do you think is different about now that makes the environment a place where maybe this is actually here? We win all the big awards now. Like that's what it is. Like yeah. you know, you see the Academy awards and you see the Emmys and stuff and you have our writers being decorated, our producers being decorated, mm-hmm. our you know directors being decorated with real awards, globally recognized, you know, awards. And I think that, you know, it, it it's not gonna end. I mean, we've always sort of risen to the occasion as a culture and said, hey, like we're fighters. And that's really what people want to see. People want to see competition. They want I think it's healthy, right? Yeah. I think that it's healthy to put our show against American Idol, right? Yeah. Right, but just you have the support. That's what's really important, right? That if you're, you know, whatever, an empire, that we all support and watch that show, so that when we have a real shot, we don't lose that because then it's a much harder mountain to climb back mm-hmm. up. But some people actually are criticizing <laughs> shows like Empire and Blackish because they say that if we're not either we have to be funny or we have to be dangerous, I- I- dangerous, or in the entertainment business, and where's the middle ground of like Middle America black people who are, you know, your average people shows. That, that are like that, that are missing from television. Do you think that Hollywood accepts those type of shows? Or can we, you know, do you think that we can bring those shows back in and they will be viewed and get get the due diligence that they really deserve? Or is it just something that you have to be one extreme or the other? Our culture has the beautiful spectrum. You know, we do. Like, we come, like, there's nerdy black people. There's, you know, like, tree huggers. There's, you know, <laughs> right. we got ghetto people. We got everything. And... You know, I think that with the a limited amount of, you know, studios that really control the macro of all of entertainment, we're talking about like News Corp, 
you know, Viacom has Paramount and CBS, you know, Disney, which is ABC, right? There's some big parent companies, right? You know, they're in business, right? And one, we got to make the best product. And two, you can't take it personal because it is business, right? Mm -hmm. If you were selling eggs and your brown eggs sell more than your white eggs, you're going to make more brown eggs, right? And put those on the shelf and market them. So whatever's moving off the shelf is what people in business focus on. And, you know, just make sure either, you know, just simple value, either get people a better thing for the same price or give them less stuff for less money, right? Right. Yeah. right? And that's what people care about. <laughs> yeah. So. And then you moved on to Veronica Mars in 2006, which yeah. is, love that show. Love that show. What was too. your experience like on that show? Uh, you know, I, I love working um, with her because uh, she is such a hard worker. She's doing the show Don Cheeto now. Yes. Right? And, uh she kills it on set. So I love being on set with certain people who really make me rise to the occasion. Uh, Chad Michael Murray and I did a House of Wax. I was blown away how prepared he was when he came the first time off book, off script, news, yeah. character inside and out. Ian Summerholder on Vampire Diaries, same way. Off the charts talented. So literally I get on set and I'm like, it's literally like being in a fast car and pulled up next to a Lamborghini like, whoa, that's the engine in the back. So I go back to the drawing board and say, all right, I'm putting my engine in the back. Like, I come back the next day and just kill it. And whatever I have to do to get to that moment where there's not sleeping, I'll sleep outside. I went to an audition, and I slept outside in the rain in February for two days, walked on Sony's lot, and everyone's looking at me like a monster. But my character was a monster. He's an African-American in the slave times who hates African-Americans. Wow. And is going to, like, literally destroy the Underground Railroad. Like, has all of his allegiance to, like, his masters and the white people and stuff. So he's a villain. So I go and I live that. And all the pain that I have, living outside, angry, uncomfortable, all those knots that I get in my back and everything. When you see me walking everywhere, you are afraid and you should be. So when I go to work and I walk into that room, it's literally like the pressure's like, whoa. Yeah. We let, like, a monster in here. That's exactly what you should think. Right? And I take that from people like Jamie. Like, if you could... You could Damn, be sure Jamie's putting in that work right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Because when the real Tyson walk into the room, everyone froze. I've been at parties before where I'm walking in with my girlfriend and somebody's hand reaches out to touch my girlfriend's butt and I grab by the arm. I said, hold on. And it was Mike Tyson's arm. And the fear of God came in me. And literally the first thing I thought was, chair. So the first thing that came to my head was <laughs> you grab a chair right, and you just right. throw it as hard as you <laughs> right, can right. and then run. <laughs> right, right. right. So the first thing that I was like, wow, that's instinctual. <laughs> he said chair. Right? So, 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 but that's somebody who has looked to the masters, looked at Muhammad Ali, right? looked at all the, the brown bomber, all the mm-hmm. boxers that came in and says, what makes them so effective? And I'm going to over uh, 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 train to be excellent like those people. Right, and then you guys, anybody in the fight who fought my face, they were afraid. Yeah. So therefore, they already lost before the fight started. Yeah, and that's what I want when I walk into any room. Right, is that like I've already won? I've already won. Yes. I mean, I, like, I was going to ask you what, what advice you would give to a new actor who's coming, right. you know, coming up who wants to follow your footsteps. But I think you just kind of explained it. You got to be. You got a champion. You got to yeah. You got to be a champion. You got to secretly prepare. Right, so mm-hmm. then when the opportunity is there, like I'm over prepared right now. Is that success? Preparation plus opportunity equals success. So I, I see that's that that's that summer camp right there. Right there you go. Ooh, that's that's the nerd camp. Nerd camp. Summer camp, camp. Summer camp comes back around. Shout out to Charles Hopkins. Shout out to Charles Hopkins University. Shout out. 
you also work with Tyler Perry. Yes. Meet the Browns. Yes. yes. And how did that relationship come to be? Uh, I got a phone call. Hey, do you want to do one episode of Meet the Browns? So I go out there, and Mr. Ty- Mr. Perry is actually directing the episode. So he's giving me all these different, uh, like, notes and stuff. And I'm just going, just every note he gives me, I nail it. And then he walks to me and goes, do you want to do some more? I said, yeah. I did 30 episodes yeah. of Meet the Browns as a guest star. It might actually be a record, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I love the fact that they had, they worked hard. I mean, we go to set every single day at 7 o'clock. If you were not on set in your seat at 6.50, you were late and you were penalized for it. Oh, so he doesn't oh. play. So What's the, the, C- so the CP rule does penalty? not apply with John yeah, Perry. You won't come back to the office next day. Oh. Oh, wow. They're shooting an entire episode a day. And in perspective, normally you shoot an episode in a week, a week. or like eight days. So he's doing every single episode. From like 9 a.m. to like 4 p.m., an entire episode a day. So all that stuff is all one take stuff too. Ooh, wow. Lord. And so I had I had to bring it, you know, and and it, it was great being in that environment that's such you know high intensity. I mean, his studio is on lockdown. Every that's single every single person has an escort. The escort's clocking every single body. Okay, we're walking to set right now. It's 8:03. Someone's going through door number two, going through door number one. They're on set right now. They're on their mark. Wow. And everyone's like that. I'm like, I love how well oiled this machine is. And that says a lot that you can be living in your car and then make an empire. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, what's and he worth? Like, $700 million? Mm-hmm. Like, no. you know, nobody has an excuse anymore. Yeah. yeah. Right? You do whatever you can. You get chairs. You do things in the parking lot if you have to. And then you just bootstrap it. You sell that out. And you get, finally, you talk to somebody who owns a little theater. Sell that out. On the bigger theater, sell that out. You know, mm-hmm. convince the studio, listen, I'm already making money. Why don't you help me make some more money? That's yeah. just business right there. Yeah. So nobody has an excuse anymore. No. He's a champion. He's yeah, like he's a champion. I, I love Tyler Perry. What's he, something about him that, like, would surprise us that you've sort of discovered working with him? I, I think how gentle he is. He's a really gentle person. Like, he loves the people that he works with. And he loves to talk to somebody with empathy and, like, getting on their level. But he just, you know, expects a, a high level of a performance from everybody around him. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. But is it, like, super intimidating in one regard, too, though? Is I'm it? from L.A. I'm not too <laughs> <but, laughs> oh, Not for this one. I forgot, well, yeah, I forgot your definition of how you grew up. I, I get it. I get it. He knew how to take down <laughs> like, Mike Tyson to and get out of there. What about the stereotypes? Because he does get a lot of grief about the type of programming he does put together, even though it is... People go see it. They go see his plays. They go see. It. They watch his TV shows. They go to his movies. Right. But they still say that he does a stereotypical type of programming. Do you? What do you feel about that? And, you know, I think criticism? you can say that about anything. But what I like about his programs is clearly it's faith based, right? Sure. And all of his programs, there's some element of God saying, "Listen, I love you. Do what's right and wrong. No right from good. Have a conscience, right?" And that's what I love about it, right? And people relate to you know positivity and what's good. And God is good all the time, so that's why I think it always works. Yeah. Mm. And then you also moved on to go to Vampire Diaries. Mm-hmm. So, Shooting in Atlanta, mm-hmm. too. And those fans are something serious. What's a crazy story from a fan that you can tell us that happened on that or show? Or a good one, because you got excited yeah, on that. I, mean, you got, yeah, you got, you I got, got a lot of like good... like a Chocolate City dance over there. I, I got like, a lot of stories <laughs> from my Vampire Diaries fans. Uh, we went to a couple conventions, like, you know, 2,000 people in the auditorium, and they are screaming, hands up, clapping. So I went out into the crowd and, like, hugged everybody in the back of the room. You know, just kind of said, like, listen, even though you're all the way in the back, I still love you. And then one girl, she had a like, eight-foot poster of me, of just my face. 
So I was like, wow, just your face. Yeah, just my face. And she's like, can you sign this for me? So I made the biggest signature for her and then put my telephone number on it. And I said, you can call me whenever you want. So her and her girlfriend still call me from her college dorm room. She has it in her dorm room. And like, they'll get like, you know, whatever the college kids do. And they'll get like, it'll be 3 o'clock in the morning. They'll call me like, bro. And I'll always answer the phone and just talk to them for like five minutes. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. That's so right? She loves me that much. I love her that much. So that's great. That's admirable, but. Isn't it kind of scary, too? I mean, because you don't know I, I don't, how many times she's going to pass her number to somebody else. I don't, and, I don't know. I think it, because like, the whole world that we lived in changed. Like, we used to be protective of our phone numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now everyone's got social media and people got yeah, they, they can find 10 you. million fans. They're going to find you. They they direct, find you. What's the difference to me between a direct message on social media and texting me on my cell phone? It's the same thing to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Right? That's true. Same coming to the same device, right? Yeah. So, I don't really care. There you That's go. True. Now I know Courtney, you're a huge fan of this show. You you had Courtney had all kind of questions that she had ready. Go ahead. Oh, Go for ahead. the Vampire Diaries, yeah. of course. Well, first, we obviously talked about the fans, but were you Team Stelena or Team Delena? Oh, <laughs> wait, 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 Team Ian, Team Team Stefan or Team Ian? Yeah. <laughs> um, my first episode was with Stefan, and we had the scene where um, I'm with um. Uh, the girls, and he walks in and he grabs me by the throat and like hold, holds me up. And I was like, You can't have him like a punk right now. <laughs> right, right, right. So now, literally, when he sets me down, I go, I'll be right back. I go and get a two barrel uh, rifle, shotgun, and I pump it on him. And then he's like, And then he says, You're really gonna shoot me? I said, Absolutely. And then I blow him away. And I'm like, Okay, so I'm like, that, I'm like, Okay, one, I'm the man that I'm supposed to be. But two, I'm like, he's got balls. And so now I'm like Team Stefan because that's like where my my first scenes with him. And then that was the gateway to get me invited to be on more episodes. And then got me in scenes with all the other characters and got me in with Ian and stuff. So that's kind of how uh, I'm, I'm Team Stefan. Okay. We'll accept that. Yeah. And now Nina's announced that she's leaving the show. What do you think of that? I know. She's probably just going to come date me or whatever. She knows oh, that I have okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's yeah, she's talented. That. All right. I love you. <laughs> All right, uh, all right. Well, she's gorgeous, dude. She she, is and she so works hard gorgeous, too. And yeah. Yeah, I think she has a beautiful, beautiful career in front of her, and a lot of people like her. She's a lot of fans, and you know, people want to climb in life. You know, mm-hmm. Shaq left Orlando, came to the Lakers, and got five championships. Touché. Right, yes. right. I give you that. Right, I'll give you that. Neil. <laughs> you gonna give him a shout out? Shout out to Neil. Shout out to Neil. The Shackinator. <laughs> Now, we obviously are also here to talk yeah, about Chocolate let's City. Talk about Chocolate City. Let's, let's, let's just go right let's into go it. All right, you know, it. it is the hot movie that's about to come out. Only, You're the lead. What, 10 days away? You play Michael. Yes. Tell us about your character. Uh, you know, uh, just playing a young, a young man who would do anything for his mom. And, you know, I think a lot of people can relate the things that we'll do, the lengths that we'll go for our family. And so he's trying to get extra money just to take care of his mom, keep the lights on. And uh, there's a scene where he begs the utilities people, like, just give me one day. Just don't turn my mom's lights off. So he gets a job as a bartender. He goes into the bartending job and for a bartending job. <laughs> right, it's amateur night. And he's like, I have morals. I'm not going on stage. Which his brother says, listen, just go up there and shake your butt for five, ten minutes and make some money yeah. for mom. And then he's a big hit. And then we kind of see, like, that whole roller coaster that he goes through after that. Um, but the movie's really, really entertaining. And um, this is the first project that I've ever saw. Mm-hmm. So I went to the theater. Um, where they had a screening, 200 people. And it was just a really great feeling to watch everybody clapping and laughing and, ooh, girl, and all this <laughs> stuff, right? And, um, you kind of hid in the back? Yeah, you, totally. Just, I, no, man. no one knew I was there. The theater was dark. I hid in the back, and no one knows there. And then they had a silent ballad. And 
everyone was giving their notes, and uh, the ballots got all turned in all 200, and they gave it an average 98 out of 100. Wow. And the number one, 98 out of 100. And the number one, um, the number one comment from everyone was the movie was entertaining and surprisingly funny. So, um, but it was, the one thing that I was so proud of, the reason why I wanted to go see it was because the movie's actually really clean, right? I wanted to see it so that when I'm promoting this, that I knew that I had a certain responsibility to our culture and to families. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is the kind of movie where, yes, it's rated R. But if a 13-year-old girl is watching this with her mom, neither one of them are going to feel weird. Like, oh, I shouldn't be seeing this with my family member. Okay. And I love that. I'm like, shout out to Jean-Claude, our director, for really making this something that was fun and exciting and sexy, but still safe for an audience to feel like I can be proud to watch this movie and tell everyone that I know, I saw Chocolate City. It was amazing. Go out and see it. But I would assume there's still several na- naked scenes in the movie, some skin being shown. This, everyone's going to be happy when they go see this film, right? We, we show some skin, right? He's got, he's got pictures floating around, Tyson with his... Yeah. Well, he just did... He one of our hosts actually himself. just went to Vegas Saturday to, to go see Yeah! Yeah! Yes. Brother! Tyson, you out there killing it! Go see Chippendale's my big brother right there, Tyson Beckford, international supermodel, worldwide number one model in the world. Making dreams come true, fantasies come alive. <laughs> clearly, clearly. Don't you love America? Love America. Nothing love like it. it. Nothing Wouldn't like it. There you go. There you go. Now, how did you prepare for those naked scenes? Uh, I figured it'd be a smart thing just to get more ripped than everybody. Very mm. smart, yeah. Right? Okay. So, uh, all my cast members will know that they always see me walking around with this thing. They're always like, Rob's got a lemon in his hand. And I'll tell you now, everyone texts me, hey, Rob, what's your workout that you do? And what's up with that lemon? And, you know, I mean, in real time, man, I got really, really fit on the show. Um, I just took it very, very seriously. Um, I came up with a workout plan that I did with my doctor, and surprisingly, it's only 10 minutes. Mm. So I only work out 10 minutes a day. Okay. But I do it every day. And 10 minutes a day? It must, only, be, it must be hardcore then. 10 minutes. Like, it's so, it's so easy. Yeah, what like, are you doing 10 minutes? It'll ch- literally change your life. And so when I got in shape on the film, I started to think other people might want to know about yes. this. Yes. So I started training everybody. And I'm talking about, I have one young lady, uh, her name's Tiffany Carr, and she's 300 pounds, and all she wanted to do was lose 100 pounds before her 30th birthday, and she's two years away. And I have her working on this low-intensity workout that's super accessible for her. She's got two kids, right? She's, you know, doesn't have a lot of money or whatever, but I gave her my same exact fitness solution, and we went to the gym, I held her hand, showed her everything, she said, I can do this, and now she's just, like, on her road to, like, fitness freedom, I love it. So it's called Highway Fit. I'm turning into an application, an app for phones and everything. And, okay, you know, a year from now, it's going to come out. And I'm working with some great partners. You know, I talked to the American Heart Association, talked to Kaiser, and talked to, I'm partnered with a doctor. And I'm really doing this for all of our general health. Because right now, dude, like, obesity is a freaking epidemic. Yeah. Right? And the body is surprisingly elastic. Mm-hmm. So you can do a little and get a lot of results. And, you know, I just thought, let's get rid of all the obstacles, right? We have reasons for bad health, and we have excuses for bad health. The reasons are we're miseducated, yeah. right? We don't put our health as a priority in our lives. And then the excuses are, like, I don't have any time, or I got kids, or I'm always busy. I don't like going to the gym because I'm going to have to wait for machines. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, let's get rid of all of those obstacles, something that we can all do that's accessible, attainable, that's safe, medically sound, mm-hmm. and um, it gets crazy results. And then you've been able to maintain it. Because, you know, you see a lot of times the actors do certain roles, right? And they get the eight packs and six packs. And then you see them, 
you know, a couple months Later. after the movie's released and they got, you know, back to they're back to regular. Chocker City, May 20th, <laughs> May 22nd. Uh, it just got uncomfortable in here. Man, man, uncomfortable, what are you talking about? Chocolate City, go see it. Nice and and video on demand, that's right. Y'all nice warmer in here. I'm going to slide this out at this point. We, we're good. fine with that. Go we got the app showcase out, out of the way. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to Cody for the app showcase. Cake, 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 cake. I'm going to follow that 10-minute uh, exercise diet. So, yeah, I'm going to get ready. Get my breath. Chocolate City ready. <laughs> I'm going to share it with you guys. I was going to say, right? I need to put on a bathing suit in a couple weeks. Literally. It's like one, te- one text message to change your life. All right. But I want to be able to reach more people, so I'm doing this into an app so that everyone can work out with me directly. It's like having me text you every day, but it's going to be like 240 million people. That's awesome. It seems to me that you, what you get your energy from, too, is is your fans and just kind of helping people. I, mean, I love people, How do you man. stay so, so down to earth and humble when you have people who are obviously want to be around you at all times? And you fine and all that and mm. you're acting mm. and smart. And you fine, too, and oh, smart, too. Oh, well, listen, I could just leave this interview. You have to hold a video camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's her birthday. It's her birthday. <laughs> we need some evidence. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it seems like that's what you, you really like that. You know, that, that's I just, important. I love people, man. When I was growing up, man, everyone told me I wasn't going to be anything. You know, and I was I told like one of the three, right? Either in jail by twenty five, yeah. uh, uh, six feet under by twenty five, or with kids, uh, uh, but not being in a relationship, mm-hmm. right? So um, that made me want to see all of the world to just disprove everybody, and really, that's when I became an explorer. And not only exploring like locations, I love exploring people, yeah. right? So. You know, I got my roommates in Jordanian, I got Palestinian roommates, I got Asian friends, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't look at anybody thinking that they don't want to be, you know, getting the same admiration that, you know, whoever else does, right? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm sure everyone wants to feel how Kim K does and how, you know, Kanye West feels, right, where everyone's like their fan. Yeah. So I said, listen, you got a fan of me. That's cool, right? I'm mm-hmm. your fan. Right? You're my fan, I'm your fan. That's cool. I think you just added millions of fans by saying that. No, it's cool because, listen, listen. I remember we used to walk home from Windsor Hills Elementary School. Yo, Brandon Myers, Desiree Associate. Love you guys. We used to walk home from Windsor Hills Elementary School, and somebody always had a sandwich, and somebody always had a soda. And so I learned you get half a sandwich for half a soda. Yeah, and true. I've left that as my principle for how I treat everybody my entire life. I don't care if you're the janitor, if you mate, I don't care. Right? Your half and my half, we get a whole. Everybody's happy. I like that, man. That's a good philosophy to have, especially when you you see uh, a lot of people not living up to that standard, you know, and doing crazy stuff. And, you know, you're a role model. So even if you don't want to be, you know, you're a role model. It's so much easier that way. No, it's so funny because I remember when I was a kid, my dad, you know, I I loved basketball as a kid. And... In the 90s, basketball was basketball. It's coming right. back now. It's coming back. Yeah, because Steph Curry's killing it. Chris Paul's killing it. Yeah. LeBron. You see LeBron the other day? Yeah. Woo! In the corner, right? Well, <laughs> 0.9 seconds left. Nothing but net. Shot, yeah, nothing but net. Yeah. Right? And D-Rose. They did, 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 did the game before. But um, uh, Charles Barkley said, I'm not a role model. That was Charles Barkley's thing yeah, in, in the 90s, thing. right? Uh, Charles Barkley. Shout out to Charles Barkley. <laughs> We love you. <laughs> love you, Charles. <laughs> um, but Sir Charles. Uh, but my dad always told me he said, "If you ever get the spotlight on you, don't don't think that." Yeah. So you know, I'm just trying to piece it all together. But I'm just an average guy, just trying to you know do some above average things. To be honest. Well, how did your family feel about you taking on this role in Chocolate City? Um, I think my family knows that uh, you know I'm just going to commit to everything that I do. 
right? So they might not feel so easy about it, but I would never want to miss this boat because, <laughs> man. So listen, I'm doing this move. I'm do- going to do this movie. And it's like this really high intensity drama, and I get this phone call, <clears throat> and be like, "Listen, we're gonna make this movie about stepping." And I thought, "Hmm, stepping? Nah, I think I'm a real actor. I'm probably gonna skip that movie." And that was Stomp the Yard, Columbus and it was like yeah. that was my role, which I was like, "Nah, I'm not interested." So I feel like literally God was well, like, "Which one were you gonna be?" In Stomp I was gonna be Columbus. Columbus. Oh, okay, you're gonna be Columbus. Right, right. So, which I passed that torch and I said, I'm, "I'll pass. I'm gonna do the other dramatic roles." And then watch how that movie blew up. Yeah. yeah. And change his career. Change the career. Change yeah, career. literally. So, so, when the phone call came, they were like, do you want to be a stripper, stripper in the movie? And the first thing I thought was, stripper in the movie? I'm a real... Wait, God. <laughs> Bing. I ain't gonna miss this one. I said, yes, absolutely. You call Steven Simon. Call my agent right now. And close the deal. They call, they called me at 2 o'clock in the morning. By 7 a.m., I was on a flight coming back to L.A. to go rehearse, and then we started shooting the next day. Oh, wow. And, like, literally, I walk in the rehearsal, and, like, Tyson was there. I didn't know who was cast at all in the film, but Tyson was there the first day. And uh, Tyson's so cool with me because, like, 10 years ago, it was Miami. Uh, I got to do a runway show, and Tyson was in the show. And, like, oh, wow. you know, Tyson's the man, so he walks first. But he was like, hey, man, he was like, this is your first runway? I was like, yeah, he's like, you want to walk in front of me? I'm like... Yeah, that's awesome. He's like, yeah, you go, you go first, I go second. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, he's a cool. So dude. that was like my, you know, how I thought about, you know, Tyson before. Like, that's the big brother type. Like, listen, I'm passing the baton. And then when I saw him on set, I was like, let's go to the gym together. The first day, we went to the gym for like hours. And I did my ten minute workout. He worked out for hours. <laughs> <laughs> but you got the same results, right? So, man, right. I mean, hey. Results, and all results. I thought was, that's my bullseye. And my in the film, my character usurps Tyson. Right, mm. I become he's the star, and my character becomes the star above him, at which he hates that, and that's why we start fighting. Okay, right. So to the audience, I thought I'm not doing my job unless everyone in the world can go, yeah, Rob outdid Tyson, and that's Ooh. the competition. That's what makes the movie really knock yeah, and click. The friction, yeah. right? Absolutely, and that's just how it is in nature, man. There's a story that I heard about kangaroos. There's a king kangaroo, and there's the vice president kangaroo. And every single day, the vice president walks to the king and hits him in the face. The king whoops his ass. <laughs> and then one day, the vice president hits the king and realizes, I ain't got to back down, and keeps hitting him, and then he kills him. Oh, oh damn. And then he becomes a king, and then he becomes his vice president. And that's the circle of life. Wow. So that's how I was approaching it with Tyson. <laughs> like, yeah, you've been the king for a, for a long, a long time. time. Reigning king. You've Rainy been the reigning king. king. I'm about to knock you out of your chair right now. Oh. And so I remember the first day on set when everyone when I first took my shirt off, everyone went like, "What the hell did you do last night?" <laughs> I was like, 10 minutes, highway fit, <laughs> get on board." <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that's that's how that came to be, and like that was like I was making sure that every single day on set that I was holding my candle above my crown above Tyson's head, really out of love, but still just to make yeah. sure that the fans got what they wanted. Were you dancing and like into dancing beforehand? You felt real comfortable with that? I wasn't. I wasn't, man. And I was worried. I was worried. I was like, man, I can't dance. And the thing about it is, you know, Channing Tatum and I did Coach Carter. Yeah. And so, so Channing and I would go out at night. And I'd never seen a white boy move like that before. He can dance. He's got moves. He, no, yeah. but even, yeah. even then, we'd go out to a club, and he'd be doing dances I'd never seen before. Yeah. And every girl was flocking to him. So I'm like, okay, my old co-star is in, like, the hottest movie. <laughs> right. And then the hottest guy in the world is in my movie. Like, That's take, pressure. Take some dance lessons. Right. And so this is what happened. I remember being backstage behind the curtain. Now, remember, it's my character Michael's first time ever on stage. It's amateur night. 
but it's my first time on stage yeah. as Robert Richard. Yeah. And there's like this fear, and then the music starts, and I parted the curtain, and right when I walked through, I realized I'm a man, and these are all women. Like, I'm a lion, and this is all gazelles. Yeah. Like, all straight feed, up. Straight feeding up. time. Straight up. And, like, every single, like, all the fear in my heart all of a sudden just became, like, like, you own this. <laughs> <laughs> like, you get some, you get some, you get some. You, you all get some. <laughs> Wait, you got to shout out again, Oprah. got to shout out Oprah. Shout out to Oprah. <laughs> you get some. And, my, and Martha Stewart. You know what I mean, and J-Lo, too. J-Lo, I need you in the sequel. I need you in the sequel, babe. I want J-Lo in the yeah. sequel. No, that'd be dope. Yeah, I'm dancing with J-Lo in the sequel. And now, th- there right. was a rumor that Romeo was originally cast and that you replaced his role. W- w- was that true? Yeah, man. I-, I love Romeo, man. He's a great dude, man. And we've always been friends. Um, we used to hoop back in the day. Um, and we played a lot of cherries together. Um, and I-, I just heard that, you know, for whatever reason, you know, I think they both sort of bowed, you know, out and said, like, you know, this is a... And luckily, uh, a producer, Gabe, who did uh, Takers with everybody, everybody loves Takers, <laughs> literally everybody, yeah. um, said, you know who would be great for this? Rob would. Like, Rob kills everything. Nice. And he told Jean-Claude and gave Jean-Claude my number, and then, like, miraculously, he got in touch with me, like, within, like, an hour. And I told him, like, I'm already on the film, but I'm going to move heaven and earth to be a part of this because I really want to do it. And it just all worked out. And so, you know, I think it's like, Romeo's still the man. I still love him to death. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. God can look out for him, and God's looking out for me, and God's looking out for all of us. Mm-hmm. I'm just happy that you know I got to be a part of this and put this one on my shelf as part of my library. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, man, listen. We'll be in that library. We'll be, there will be a on lot of people in that night. library. Extra steamy glasses in that library. On opening night. Books on the floor in that library. <laughs> you making too much noise in that library. <laughs> And I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask also about your love life because now there was a rumor as well that you were dating Vivica Fox. I love you, Vivica. You're so gorgeous. I know she plays your mom in in You don't have to no more. And maybe that, hey, listen, maybe that's a good thing you at too, night. But hey. You too young, girl. You ain't mama no more. Vivica, I love me some Vivica Fox now. I've loved Vivica since Out All Night back in the day. I can show oh, you. Yes. I can go to my old bedroom and show you, like, my top five list. And, and Vivica's on, on my top five list. Okay, give us, your, give us your top five. We know Vivica's on there, but who else? Who is else on that list? Hey, listen, I love smart women, right? I love smart, powerful women. So, Jada, I love you. That's my girl, right? Actually, I love Maria. She's awesome. I love J Lo, and I love um, uh, Heidi Klum. She's dope. Oh, Heidi's yeah. dope. Heidi's dope. She's amazing. Dope. Heidi's yeah. dope. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Great energy too. And and actually, I do love Oprah. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, hey, I love hey, listen, Oprah. Hey, listen, we, we're we're, we're, we're I just quick wanna, friends right now for that stuff. I just want to hug you and not let go. Like seriously, girl. <laughs> I want to Terrence Howard. You know That's what I want to do. Like, Terrence Howard. Love and affection, girl. You know what I mean? So okay, so wait, now, back, 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 back to Vivica, though. So yes, are you Vivica. are you guys still friends? Or? Yeah, I love Vivica. I, you know, I make her laugh, you <laughs> know what I mean? And that's what everyone wants, We right? love that. She wants um, a gentleman, right, to hold your hand, walk yes. you down the street, mm-hmm. open the door for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, we love chocolate, sexy chocolate. Yeah, yes. Chocolate City out, make sure you second. Yes. In theaters and video on demand. Um, and, and they want you to make them laugh, you know? 
The one thing about women is don't don't do what you did yesterday. Always do something different. Yeah. Right. So that's something that I learned is how to treat a woman right, and uh, she's gorgeous, and I love treating her right. Yeah, she mm-hmm. is. And, right, and from mm-hmm. your, treat her right and treat her wrong. And from your top five, it sounds like you don't have a necessary type. You like smart women, smart, but, but sweet, they don't. They don't have. They could be a lot of different things. Smart, sweet, sexy. Okay. Right. That's the most important thing. Right. Okay. That's first, and then you know, just like being able to get along, having common interests is important. Yeah. Um, and I love. Women who are confident, right? Whatever your best feature is, girl, you got great hair, you got great butt, you got nice hands, nice neck. Like rock your rock best feature, right? 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 Some, girl, some girls, some girls, man. Oh my god, they just smell so good, right? <laughs> you just walk up on a young lady, and she's like, "Can I have a hug?" I'm like, "Yeah, you can have." A, damn, girl, you smell <laughs> smell amazing, right? Make me hungry. <laughs> now, and now, outside of Chocolate City, you were mentioning this a little bit before, but where can we find you or where can fans find you in your next project? Uh, I got in the fall, I have the Man Free B coming out. Lamont Rucker's in that. Yes. Christian Keys is coming out in that. Shout out to my fellas. Um, uh, we, it's from a New York Times bestselling book uh, by Carl Weber, and it turned into an awesome film. We've been in film festivals, won best film, best narrative, you name it, we win it. And it's coming out this fall. So look forward to that. And then uh, the Buddy Bolden story. Uh, it's called Bolden. And uh, it's a biopic on just, you know, continuing how our culture influences all of culture. Yeah. True, mm-hmm. true. And if you could use one word to define your career, what would it be? Uh, blessed is probably, probably a good one. Blessed. Yeah, blessed like is a good that. one. Yeah, I just, you know, uh, I could have ended up, you know, in a lot of wrong places. And for whatever reason, like, give up to God. He's, like, steered my life. And I just, I love the fact that I, I got to this side of the finish line. Well, Rob, yeah. man, we uh, congratulate you, man. Congratulations on the movie and just your, your energy, man. You got great energy. And, and I know, I see why fans love you. No, man, I love you guys, too. Everybody gets mad at me because I don't have any uh, social media. I was going to say, how can fans well, find yeah, out about what you're doing? Everybody gets mad at me because I don't have any social media. You just got around L.A., So all these Instagrams and Twitters that are out there are not yours. Somebody's doing a good job, though. <laughs> Keep it going. Mm-hmm. Right? But that's, that's not me, no. Um, I got a sword, like a, a tongue like a swashbuckler, like a sword, so I get in trouble uh, using words on uh, social media and stuff. So <laughs> I don't have any social media, um, but... If you see me out in the street, you come up to me. You're like, what'd you be at? Like, if, you, if you're my dude, you're going to get a handshake and a pound. And if you're a young lady, you're going to get a nice big hug. I ain't going to let you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, just, you know, that's that's my thing. You know, I, I have a lot to say. And it's great to have interviews like this where people get to really, you know, see the side of me. That, that's yeah, not the professional side, but you know, my actual personal side. So that's good. Well, man, it's been a pleasure. I feel like I got to know you. I know Courtney feels that she got to know you. I saw her fan in We're her face a couple love, times. Yeah. Can't wait for the movie. Can't wait for the movie. Right, right. <laughs> Courtney, where can your fans to? find you? We know where they can find Rob if they find him on the street. <laughs> Don't talk to him. We're going to be looking for that gym where you working out. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, That's him in the ab. <laughs> See me on the flow. Right. Um, you can find me on social media at Stuart Starlet. And you can find me at Daryl Kristen on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And thank you, Rob, again for coming thank in. You, we can't wait you. to see Chocolate City May, May 22nd. 22nd y'all. All right, fans, I love you Remember guys. Memorial Day weekend. Yes. Yes. You know what you're doing. You got to go see that movie. And we'll see you soon. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
from producers Maria Menounos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.